Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Conversation. I'm Bethany Gilbert, and I'm here with Pastor Bob Thune and Pastor Dusty White of Coromdeo Church, and Pastor Chris Hemmelman of First City Church. Every Wednesday, we sit down to talk about how the gospel of Jesus Christ connects to the questions and issues of everyday life. Today, we're talking about a gospel view of pet ownership. Are you ready for this one, Bethany? This is like I was born for this episode. <laughs> this, <yeah. laughs> this is all hey, shout out to my friend Phil who recommended this uh, episode or this topic months ago. And I, I told him like, uh, I think that'd be an interesting podcast. I'm just, I need an, I need something to tee it up for me. And then I found an article. I was like, oh, this is, this is the entry point for us to talk about this. So first of all, should we just, should we just out what the official dog of the Wednesday conversation is? Man. Official breed. Yeah. There is only one. There's only There's one only breed. One. Every person on the Wednesday conversation owns at least one. At least one golden doodle. <laughs> yeah. Some of us more yeah. than one, Dusty. Yeah. Do we want to just say who owns more than well, one? Well, we don't want to talk about how your dog died on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I am the one currently who has two dogs. Dusty has two golden doodles. The rest of us two golden have, doodles. The rest of us only have one golden doodle. One's ancient. Your, is yours a mini, months. Bethany? Mine's a mini. Bethany's so a mini. Chris, little. yours is a mini? No. Yours full is, standard. Yours is full on standard? Yeah, I got a standard. Yeah. I got an old guy standard, and I got a mini new oh, guy. Oh, you got both. You're, yeah. yeah, you're both. Okay. It's the official wow. dog of the Wednesday It's kind of like having a lifted truck and then a, a mini Cooper. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's the same. <laughs> well, perhaps you as a listener have a pet, a dog, a cat, a hamster, a hermit crab, a snake, whatever. Uh, if you have a hermit crab, we need to know. I do want to know. That, that would be cool. Yeah. If you, you pro- have a snake. Yeah, I was going to say, talk. if you have a snake, that's. I don't want to know because I, I will judge you for owning a snake. Those people that's, are different. Yeah, Snakes are not pets. I love you, but that's not a pet. That's a children's book. Okay. That's why <laughs> That's why a series of unfortunate events is interesting because they're like snakes. Imagine if you had a snake, it could just like in the middle of the night, just kill you. Yeah. I, that's why I don't want to think about it. Your golden doodle's not doing that. No. Thank, thank God it's not. Uh, the Washington Post uh, wrote this article. This is on December 30th, 2022. Who spends the most time and money on pets? And they just did like a deep dive into a bunch of research that's publicly available from the General Social Survey and the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So I want to read you some of the statistics about what's true of Americans. It's maybe a, it's maybe a little depressing to it think is. about it's an American some problem. of these things. We, we have some problems, America. Here's the first one. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, average annual household spending on pets rose from $460 in 2013 to $770 in 2021. That's only eight years. It's almost doubled in eight years. Yeah. The amount of money we spend per household on pets. Uh, The American Time Use Survey shows that 20% of Americans reported spending time with pets in 2021, the highest figure in at least two decades. So you spend a lot of time with your pets. The article gives some stats on, you know, do Republicans or Democrats own more pets? Do women or women? You know, all this, all the demographic stuff. Women definitely do. But here's, here's what's interesting. When it got to the end of this article, I was like, ooh, ooh, this is where it gets See, this is where I get myself in trouble in the pulpit. You know this, Bethany, because you've gotten emails about this before. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is a guy, CEO of Central Garden and Pet. There's all these companies, you know, that own uh, 
pet products and that manufacture pet products. By the way, this article told me that one of the new investments for private equity firms is buying up veterinary practices. Yeah. Because the private equity people have figured out people are going to keep spending money on their pets. It ain't slowing down. So if you own a veterinary practice, man, you're going to be set for the future. But here's what this person says, this CEO of Central Garden and Pet. We see strong evidence that younger consumers are adopting pet parenting at a rate above their Boomer and Gen X parents. And this this guy had an earnings call and they had all these reports. And so this reporter who's writing the article started digging through the corporate reports and he says, we were buried under an avalanche of observations about quote unquote pet parents and how they have created a new, more profitable era in the pet supply business. Pet parents are humanizing and humanizing and humanizing their pets some more. They don't want to be called pet owners. 77% say they want to be called pet parents and 60% say they love spoiling their pets. They're more likely to treat their pets as human. They're more likely to get fresh food, premium kibble, a puffer vest for their pets. Patagonia. <laughs> guys, Patagonia and North Face. It's all the same. Guys, Beth, Bethany, you, does your dog have a puffer vest? She has a few. Oh, my gosh. More than one? Wow. Okay. Wow. Hey. We are at we're we're at peak. You are you might be the poster. You might be the photograph for this article. I'm telling you, I was made for this podcast. <laughs> Holy cow! You were built for this. <laughs> um, by the way, Bethany, do you remember? Did I lose a bet? Why did I have the the dog dad? T-shirt? You lost the March Madness. I lost. So a few years ago, listeners, I I went on a rant during a sermon about don't call yourself a dog mom or a dog dad. Your pet is not a human. And so every year we have a little that March Madness. We have a little March Madness bet around here, like a pool, and there's consequences for losing. And so everybody, the consequence they gave me was, Bob, if you lose, you have to wear a dog dad shirt. And I was like, well, that's kind of fit. Okay, fine, because I was like, I'm not going to lose. That's great. It had a picture of Daisy <laughs> on it. And then I didn't lost. It? And then I lost. And Bethany handed me, I think, <laughs> two different, two yeah. different T-shirts. Should have One was like green, and one was blue. Yeah. And I just said dog dad. And it, it literally had like a, it looked like my dog yeah. on there. And, but I still, I have a photograph on my phone of me wearing that shirt. Still have the shirt? Mm, <laughs> no. Maybe not. No, I don't, Bethany. It's not the shirt. I you wear to paint. I think it's at Goodwill. You don't do like yard work in it? No, because even, I don't even want to do yard work in that. That's how, that's how much aversion I have <laughs> to calling myself a dog dad. But apparently... Apparently, 70 per, 77% of yeah. people want to be called pet parents. You're in the minority. Not You're, pet You owners. are in the minority. Because 77% Mindy saw, are all in. Saw a, Mindy saw a meme that said, uh, pets are the new kids and plants are the new pets. Oh, oh wow. That, that's yeah, true. I can see that. Wow. Dusty, you had a story about going to the vet. Yeah. They so asked just, you if you want to be called a parent or an owner. Yeah. So we just, you know, we... Uh, funny thing here is we got a new vet for our new dog because we felt pretty judged at our last vet. I mean, good dude, but he always felt, made us feel like we're bad dog people. So we got a new <laughs> vet bad dog parents. We're still taking the old dog to the old vet, but the new dog goes to the new vet. And upon, you know, first visit, they ask us, <laughs> they ask us these questions and there's three boxes to check, check one, you know, and it's like, is your dog just a pet? Is your dog considered a member of the family? 
And then do you want us to do anything possible for your pet? Which is they're they're trying their to figure way of saying, out how much can we charge you? They're trying yeah. to figure out like yeah. what kind of relationship are we getting into here? Yeah. And so I I yeah. just said our dog is a pet, you know? Step one. Don't be mad. Did they my dog's a dog. Did they ask did they ask if your your dog had uh, preferred pronouns? No, we didn't get to the pronouns. Wow. Okay. I was dog like, self. I if we would have, I would have said yeah. like, yo, this dog's a male. Okay. <laughs> you can't mess with that. And yeah. no surgeries. Both your dogs are male. You, yeah. you like the I don't we go males. I don't like male dogs. I'm sorry. I mean it's just a, it's my preference. I agree with you. Bethany, pet parent or pet owner? Are you okay just being called a pet owner or do you have a deep preference to be called like a dog mom? I don't have a deep preference, but I feel like a lot of these, like, I feel like this is just something that like, it's, I don't think that people are super serious in that they actually (laughs) consider their pet to be their child. You are so good about believing the best about people. Because I, well, I think there are some number of people that actually okay, are prob- kind of militant about it. There probably are. And I don't know their story. I don't know why they would choose to feel so strongly about their pet. But I know that like they, they could have got this pet after like the loss of a loved one or something. So they might have a very strong connection to this pet. But... I kind of think like the whole like pet parent thing is just like, we're all, it's like a joke we're all in on. We're all like, yeah, yeah that's kind of funny. It's something that I think is funny for particularly like, I would say people in their like twenties or like college, like, yeah, I just graduated from college and I'm not married. Of course I'm a dog mom because I have a dog. Like, yeah. it's just like a funny little thing. I don't, I don't know that everyone is so serious about it that they're like, if you call me a pet owner and not a dog mom, I will lose my mind. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think I suspect you're right that the majority of people are just like, oh, of course I'm a dog mom. Right. But I do think there's, there's, there's always some subset of people Watch that out. are real serious about their, I mean, I have seen, listen, when you see the, I don't know, Bethany, I might, I don't want to offend you. <laughs> But when you, you see, see the, somebody with a dog in a carrier, yeah. When I see the, no, no. When I see the person with the dog in like a stroller or yeah. a carriage, see, that's yeah, so, it yeah. could be old. No, I, I, I'm with you. Like there might be two situations, like the dog just had surgery or the dog can't walk. See? Okay, but that's not usually what's going on. You're better than me because I never even think about the surgery. I just think this person has put their dog in a stroller, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's there. We got to draw some lines oh, here. Oh man. If your dog good. can't walk, it's probably time for it to say goodbye. Is that is that what you're saying, Dusty? No, we would do anything possible, Chris. <laughs> we love these pets. Notice how we have not said a word about a cat yet. <laughs> uh, I just want to let that <laughs> that's, because, that's because this is the Wednesday conversation. We have boundaries. And the stats yeah, say, the stats say, you know, you probably shouldn't have them. Just so you're, yeah, just for you listeners, I just... I think cats are evil. So that's why we don't talk about cats as pets here. It's okay if you have one. It's okay if you have one. I just personally am judging you in my heart. <laughs> I'm, I'm repenting. Multiple times, uh, multiple times I've gone into the original Hebrew in Genesis to make sure it was, it says serpent and not cat that tempted Eve. Cause <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think there might be an older manuscript out there that um, that word you. is actually. We, to this point, we've said nothing about a gospel view of pet ownership. We've just told you statistics about We've only made America. Well, I, here's the thing. I want you to see, if you're a listener, especially in America, how 
you know, the, the significance that people place on their pets. I think, you know, calling themselves being, being preferring to be called, preferring to call yourself a pet parent, um, says something about how people sort of feel about their pets. The amount of money we spend on our pets says something about how we feel about our pets. And listen, uh, Pets are a really important companion animal, right? So most pets, I mean, especially we're all dog people. Dogs are a really important companion animal. They're, they they do have meaningful connection to people's stories and to pain that you've gone through and whatever. And so there are, you know, um, the, there are meaningful reasons why people enjoy having pets and why we value our pets and enjoy our pets. I do think that as Christians, this is a place where we need to have, we need to ask ourselves the question, well, what is, how does the gospel speak to our pets? Proverbs 12, verse 10 says, The righteous care for the needs of their animals, but the kindest acts of the wicked are cruel. So it's interesting that Scripture sees one of the manifestations of righteousness as you take care of the needs of your animals. Now, I, I assume in the agrarian world of the Old Testament, probably livestock are primarily in view here. But I think also this applies to our pets and any animals that we're responsible to steward, right, that we have responsibility for. Part of righteousness means we take care of our animals, we tend to them, we care for them. And I think um, our animals often, our pets often um, have meaning for us. I think what a biblical anthropology requires, however, is that we draw a clean and clear line between pets and humans. And because human beings are made in the image of God, and pets are not made in the image of God, there's a distinct difference between human life and pet life. And what one of the things I see happening in our culture is that those lines get blurred. And um, when people, when people, even if there is a sort of like we're all in on the joke, inside joke kind of a thing of pet parents, there is also a tendency for people to humanize. You even heard it in that article, the CEO of that company saying people have a tendency to humanize and humanize and humanize their pets in a way that I think actually has theological significance. So it's one thing to say, man, I'm really attached to my pet. I really like my pet. I enjoy my pet. I want to, you know, take care of my pet. I want to spend time with my pet. That's different than investing an animal with sort of human-like qualities in mm -hmm. ways that start to blur the, the distinction between human beings and pets. And so I think one of the first places to start here is to say, we need to have our dogs in a different category than human beings. And we need to understand where those boundaries are. Now, I don't know, maybe there's differences of opinion around the table here, but I am one, for instance, Dusty, they asked, you guys made fun of my dog dying on, well, you didn't make fun of it. You <laughs> no, mentioned, no, no, no. you mentioned that I had mentioned in a podcast recently, let's a wah, wah, my dog died on Christmas. That was, that was at our Christmas memories podcast. And I was like, here's our tradition. <laughs> our dog died. Um, <laughs> it's like a downer for the podcast. But when that happened, we took it to the emergency vet, you know, the dog's having a seizure. We put the dog in the car. We drive to the emergency vet. They, you know, they basically asked me the same question of like, yeah. "Hey, hey, it doesn't look good. How uh, in are you? Yeah how how much uh, how what kind of measures do you want us to take here?" And they were clearly saying like, "We'll, you know, we're willing to go all in on saving this dog's life if you want us to." And so I had to make it. I mean, I've always kind of intellectually prepared myself for that moment because I realized like that moment's going to come with any dog. Dogs don't live as long as humans. And, you know, your dog at some point is going to meet that moment. So I was kind of ready for that. But, and, and I just had to tell them like, look, this is a pet. And, you know, we're going to, we're not going to treat it like a human. That's kind of what I said to the vet. And she was like, okay. And, 
you know, that it was clear from her response that like, as a veterinarian, she knew your dog is dying. Like, <laughs> unless you want me to use superhuman measures to keep it alive, this dog is at the end of its life. She, she was very gracious in how she sort of offered that and gave me an opportunity to, you know, to choose to do something. But it was really clear that there was sort of a classic way a veterinarian would have approached that of like, hey, your dog's dying. Let's put it down. Versus sort of like the modern way, which is <laughs> how, what kind of heroic measures do you want us to take here? So that's a long way, sorry, a long-winded way of an autobiographical way of that's saying, right. you're working it saying out. pets, pets and humans are in different categories. Let's not confuse them. Chris, your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as one who um, grew up with pets and, and grew up with pets, I think in a way in which we, um, they very much were a part of our family in the sense that we we had them, we enjoyed them. Uh, played, you know, my brother and I grew up. You know, we had a dog playing with our dog, and just it was just a present in our family. But also having multiple dogs get hit by cars, having to put dogs down. You know, just that that recognition that pets don't live as long. Um, pets get into accidents, and and you know, they're they're it's sad moments. But um, you know, I've lost people very, very close to me. And it's a Grand Canyon Gulf difference between losing uh, a, you know, a friend or family member to losing a pet. And so even, even as we grew up with a certain love and affection for pets and they had a, a distinct place in our family, I, I always grew up with a, a clear separation, like exactly what you said, Bob, but you, you don't go to the same length to save a pet as you do a human and um you, you just there you you recognize they're not made in the image of God. There's there's difference here. So I think you can very much uh have those clear distinctions um and, and have that appropriate you know recognition but but still and, and I, I hear you saying this too Bob um still very much have affection for your pets and love your pet you know so I know some people are like, you know, pets are meant dogs are meant to be outside or if it's not a working dog, it's not worth you know so, so I think there's, there's extremes, uh, in, in some ways where people, you know, the affection is very low. It's more of a working relationship. Um, so I think what, you know, what, what I would say to our listeners is saying, don't hear us saying, you know, you can't have love and affection for your dog. And if you do, that means you're, you're one of these people that have, you know, it's out of proportion, um, by any means. But at the same time, you know, having that distinction, Sometimes reminding yourself of that distinction. I think sometimes I have to do that. Our dog, we love our dog, but there are times where I'm like, no, you're not a human. And so you're going to listen to me. You are going to be reminded that you're a dog. And, you know, we were going to take appropriate steps here at times. Bethany, what are you, what are you thinking? And your dog's going to look at you and just love you all the same. Exactly. Like, they're just going <laughs> to look at you and be like, yeah, yeah okay, whatever you dog. say, I love you. That's why dogs are better than cats. That's why. No. I, yeah, I, I think I would agree with like everything Chris just said. And, um, I think it, yeah, it's just kind of like realizing or having living in the reality that like, yeah, a pet is obviously not the same thing as a human. Um, and I guess I, I think, I kind of think of it more in terms of like, I think it like pets have kind of become maybe there's maybe a little bit of idolatry there. Um, and so like just having to guard against that. And, um, but like, I mean, it's, it's funny because obviously like my husband and I are probably going to 
spend more time with our dog and care about our dog more than somebody with kids would care about their dog or maybe spend time with their dog. But, um, I don't know. I also just think like, I, I love, I love my dog and I'm just super thankful for the ways that I like, you guys tell me if this sounds too wacky. Okay. And you don't want it to sound too wacky. Cause I can get, I can get, I could get weird. I don't know. I think of the times that I, it's small things, but I do love, like, I feel sometimes God's kindness or grace to me and the stupid little, like, dumb things you get to do with your dog. Like having some, someone having a animal who's (laughs) always excited to see you when you get home. Like, that's just a really lovely feeling. And like, Going on walks, spending time in nature, um, those are things that, like, I'm super thankful for my pet and helps me experience God and commune with God maybe in different ways. Well, and I think that's the other side of the paradigm here. One is to say a, a gospel view of pets means a clear line and clear distinction where we're not humanizing something that's not human. The other side of that is that that joy in mm-hmm. in God's creation and right. the sense that like this is a this is an a creature that God created yeah. that does bring joy and happiness to life and that's a, a good Christian a healthy Christian enjoys that and welcomes that and loves that and loves those moments and I'm I my we've been watching as a family uh, all creatures great and small I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys are into that but I've noticed mm-hmm. even like livestock in that, like, you know, it's set in the earlier 20th century. And so even livestock for many of those farmers has that sort of quality where it's like, right. there's an attachment that's here. That's not idolatrous and weird. It's just, there, there's a connection because they're connected to the land and because this is their livelihood. And so they care about these animals, they care about their well being, and there's sort of a good and healthy godliness to that. I think for a Christian who understands this is all God's creation and God's given it to us to enjoy. That just reminded me of, you know, even even in the early days or in the Western days, you didn't shoot your own horse. Yeah, like you needed you needed a buddy, you needed a neighbor, you needed somebody else to come help you. And my wife grew up in an agrarian culture on the farm, and that's very much the case. I mean, there's affection, there's connection. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes, like when it comes down to putting the dog down or the cow down or the horse down or whatever, you 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 have somebody else come and do it because yep. there's there's some connection there yep yeah yeah and the the joy and relation i mean like relationship um to the degree that you have with like with our dog like and and similar bethany i think with mindy and i not having kids um the the role that rue is in our life i mean and it's not like we're you know spending all day every day that we have a spare time with her but just she's we're, we're interacting with, she's around, you know, we're, we're doing something in the house. She's right there next to us. And so, so there's a, there's a joy that comes with uh, the interaction, you know, come home and you have a bad day and your dog doesn't care. They're just excited to see you. (laughs) You can be mean to your dog because you're, you're frustrated and your dog's still going to love you. You know, so there's these there, I think they are gifts of God uh, to us through, through creation. Uh, But, but also recognizing that as much joy and, and what, to whatever degree there's relational, you know, dynamics there, never, never seeking in a, in a pet or an animal, what was intended to be found in human community. 
right. uh, I, I think is, is an important distinction too, that, that um, I think the line can get blurred. But some of these extreme examples, I think that's maybe under the idolatry that you're talking about, Bethany, I think that might be underneath it is when we start to seek uh, in, in animals what, uh, because because that's less messy, that's less complicated, um, that which should only be found in true, genuine human relationships. And the article mentions the fact that Americans aged 20 to 25 have become about nine percentage points more likely to spend time with pets than they are about nine percent points less likely to spend time with children. Now, there's complexities around that whole idea, but uh, in, in the some se- in some sense, a lot of people can't even have kids. But this is trending towards well kids are a nuisance let's just have another dog you know um and so i think that you know there's there's got to be somewhere in there a christian response to that well to take what you said a step further chris i I, i'm mindful too that we live in a very affluent society most of us have plenty of disposable income and so there is a question (laughs) apart from the idolatry of the animal or the pet i'm just i'm mine i think christians need to be mindful of what is our spending on these animals and to what extent is it in line or out of line with the kind of being this is and with what's required of me, right? It's, um, I'm just thinking of like how many more boutique pet stores there are now, <laughs> how many more boutique pet foods there are now. Dog how, bakeries. Yeah. I mean, you can, you, can, you can really spend a lot of disposable income on your pets. And I think to some, there, there, there's not a clear, hard and fast black and white distinction there, but I think a Christian perspective on this would say, hey, when every dollar I have has been entrusted to me by the Lord for the sake of his kingdom, I've got to be mindful of in what ways is my spending um, appropriate for caring for an animal and in what ways is my spending frivolous? Um, and maybe is there a stewardship component here as well? Because I think for us in the, in the sort of modern world, that's an important consideration. But what if your dog has like 15 allergies? And you can only get the high quality stuff. Are you speaking autobiographically? <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> our, our dog. <laughs> well, it, she's allergic to chicken. And you know how many treats? It's not just the dog food. How many treats have chicken in them? Yeah, it's like that's like them. the base for so much. Yeah. So that that is. So her puppy food was lamb, and then when she became one, we switched her over to adult dog food. And after that, she would scratch her ears a lot. She would get like really gross eye boogers and her ears would kind of get infected. We were like, Never something's mind. wrong enough, here. Chris. We don't need to know anymore. <laughs> yeah. So we took her to the vet and they're like, it's probably, typically when dogs are allergic to things, it's a protein. So we were like, maybe we should switch it back. And we switched it back and she's fine. A lot of those issues went away. So, so lamb. She's lamb also allergic is. to like, yeah, she's also allergic to like stuffing in certain toys, and I don't know. She, she you have a high maintenance dog, dude. I thought yeah, he was going to say stuffing at like Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm glad you yeah, weren't no. feeding your dog Thanksgiving <laughs> stuffing. That would have been a whole other problem. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. My I, my dog has a sensitive stomach, and so yeah, we too have like. There's one food my dog. I'm like, all right, we're sticking with that food because I don't want to deal with the complexity. Yeah. So, you know, this is this is that line, Chris, where it's like, all right, if it if it's about, you know maintaining and caring for the animal, that's different than if it's about sort yeah. of the frivolity of just spending some of my disposable income in ways that are sort of um, frivolous. Have you guys ever taken your dog to the dog bar in Omaha? Nope. No, I haven't you stop yet. stop that right now. Tell me more. <laughs> what is this place, Chris? 
it, it's uh, it's off it's off 13th Street, kind of little little uh, Bohemia area. It is a dog park, like a nice dog park, but also serves drinks and food. Like for you so, or for your dog? Both. Both. <laughs> My like, dog can get like a micro yeah. brew? I don't know if it can get a micro brew, but it can get like some of these fancy treats. You, know? you could cool give things. your dog your but micro brew. That's hilarious. It's basically like a bar that you can bring your dog to. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've you've heard been, about it and I, I know like a couple people who go to yeah. it. Yeah. You've yeah. Been we've, we've been a few times. It's fun. The drinks are pretty good. <laughs> I'm, I need, I need, I need America to get rebuked a little bit. I need the gospel to <laughs> renew our country in a couple ways. One is bring your dog to the bar is fine. A dog bar, different thing for me. I'm, I'm not as okay with that. I also have issues with the amount of people who travel with their pets, not because they're like need a, a seeing eye dog or a companion animal, but just because it's like, I'm going somewhere and I'm bringing my pet on this airplane. I feel like the amount of dogs I see in airports these days that I'm just like, I just don't think you wanted to leave your pet in a kennel or with a friend. You're just like bringing your dog. I don't like that. We, I'm not cool with that. Okay. We were contemplating because we go out to the Oregon coast every summer and we were, we had the realization that the first time we went out to the beach house, um, like over 10 years ago was when we decided like, we're going to get a dog. So we saw dogs out there living their best lives. Dogs at the beach are the happiest dogs. They are so happy. And so we're like, we got to bring Ruby to the beach at least once before she dies. So we're like, do we, are we those people who like buy her a seat? Mm. We won't, we won't. Be. You're driving. We will drive before. But if you bring it in the car, that's fine. I you, bring, you buy the dog a seat on the plane. I got to draw a line there and just say, no. <laughs> you walk up to the desk. You're like, sorry, Bob, uh, this plane's full because Bethany dog. brought her dog. We'll have to wait we're for the next flight. We're in situation here because of Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> I would have issues with that. Uh, that would be so funny. <laughs> I'm just glad that we're working all this out, you know, in the public right now on yeah. this podcast. Yeah. I was going to, I have one question for you guys. I don't know if it's worth asking. Let's do it. Why not? People are going to love this episode, Bethany. This will be our highest listened to episode. Then this ever. is a great question too. Uh, and that is what's a nickname that you call your dog that, is nothing like their actual name. And how did you get to it? And I could start. Because mine's go ridiculous. Ahead. Okay. So my dog's wow. name's Ruby. But one of her nicknames is Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And it's because back when she was a puppy, which was way what, 2012? Um, when she would bite, we would like grab her mouth and close it and say no biting. And then we'd started like kind of messing with the word. We we're like, no bidening. No Joe Bidening, and then we just started calling her Joe Biden. <laughs> I like this so, story. You call awesome. her Joe Biden for long. Basically. Yeah, yeah, it's longer yeah. than Ruby. Not I really. Call, a great so nickname. I have two nicknames for my dog. One is Coco Daisy. My dog's name is Coco, but the old dog, the former dog's name was Daisy. And when Daisy died, Coco was a puppy, and I just used to confuse the names. Yeah. <laughs> and so my, I would, I would say like Daisy. I mean Coco. And my kids, were, my kids were just like, Dad, it's not Daisy. And so I finally just started putting them both together. I'm like, fine, I'm just going to call That's her Coco Daisy just so I get all the names in there. Whichever dog I'm talking to, I'll know if I just put it all together. So Coco Daisy is one nickname. Um, your, sometimes I Your just, next dog's really going to be. I don't have to add a third name. It's going to be confusing. <laughs> like, right. The other nickname is just Black 
because my dog is jet black. Yeah, it's and cool. so we just sometimes sometimes I just call her, "Hey, black dog, come here." And yeah. <laughs> so Barkley, uh, he's our old old guy. I call him Gnarls sometimes. Gnarls Barkley. Because of Gnarls Barkley. <laughs> That's good. That's good. But That's good. Roscoe's the new guy. He's only three months, so he doesn't have a lot of nicknames yet. But I have, sometimes I just call him Demon because <laughs> he's a puppy and, you know, it's cool to get a puppy for about a day. And then you're like, I think this is a bad decision. You're a demon. Yeah. So Everybody I call wants him, a puppy till they have one. I call him Demon or Demon Child for long. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I have so many. <laughs> this is a thing. Even as a kid growing up, I would give our dogs. I would rarely call the dog by its actual name, right? Um, but one, one like for Rue, her name's Rue. But I, I'll call her uh, Boogie Scoots, <laughs> and this is where the name comes from. So when when she walks, like the way her hips sway, it's like this very graceful. Like she's almost like kind of dancing, and so I just. <laughs> would like start calling her boogie. But then she also does this thing. It's, it's a little bit, a little gross, but so when she gets groomed, um, parts of her body get a little itchy. And so she'll, she'll, she'll drag her butt on the, on the outside. Not, she doesn't do it in, in, in the house, but she'll, she'll do it on the ground sometime. And so I'll, I would always go like, she's scooting. So, uh, I just boogie and scoots kind of went together. And so that's what I will call her sometimes. Love it. Wow. Bethany, that was a great question. We're giving listeners Do you have any other a, questions? a lot. I mean, this is like a are there going to be dogs in the new heavens and the new earth? That's a question that wow. I really need to know. That's episode two. Wow. That feels uh, I'm inclined to deep. say yes. I have yes. all my all my dumb questions that I could I'm ask. I'm inclined to say yes. I don't think they're going to be reincarnated versions of the dog you have now. So, but that would be kind of Not cool. like all dogs go to heaven. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the dog has a soul, but I do think there will still be animals in the new heavens and new earth. So, I think we will get to have Maybe dogs. not cats. Oh, wow, that's a great question. <laughs> Absolutely not cats. Man, that just, yeah, my theology just, yeah. you just set Bob cats somewhere. Yeah, I just went. Somewhere. Also, dog movies where dogs talk, can't do it. I can't do any movies where there's dogs speaking. I just, okay. I don't know why. I just, are there a lot of those I lose movies? my mind. <laughs> Am I missing a whole genre? I just lose my Homeward mind. Bound? Yeah, I lose my mind. You like, See, like that's on. the one exception to me. I'm, I'm t- I would normally be with you. Dusty, but Homeward Bound is like the one exception. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because it's, it's actually fairly clever, and the voice acting is pretty good. It's not like Air Bud and like all those other <laughs> those dumb ones, but I th- it's a classic, isn't it? A Disney movie? Didn't yeah, Disney make it that? Is. It's, it's like a, a classic. Like, <laughs> wow. so, I don't know. It's like the one one exception. Yep. I like it. Why don't you? Why can't you have a dog talking movie? Because they're not humans. Oh, okay. And so just, when it yeah. I know my dog, when he looks at me, he's thinking a lot of things. Like he's <laughs> judging me. He's mad at me. He's, you know, lots of stuff. But he can't talk. Yeah. So a movie where the dog's talking, I'm just like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> I like it. That's the next thing that I could ask that would be embarrassing is like, what's the voice of your dog? Because you we know, like in your head, you give your dog's mm. voices. Well, we're not going to go there. <laughs> is yours the voice of Joe Biden? <laughs> Sleepy Joe. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dusty, Dusty, back to this point. Are you talking about movies where dogs talk to people or just talk in general? Talk in general. Like, I'm just saying, okay. once the dog talks, I'm moving on. Once it has a, it's given a voice. Yeah. Once it's given a voice. Once yeah. it's humanized, yeah. you know? It's like worse than the dog yeah. bakery. 
What do you, you, but you, you, you think your dog is thinking things when it looks at you. Oh, you're, absolutely. You're, you're interpreting what it's saying. Yeah. You're like making I hate it say you, words. Give yeah. me more food, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But they're just yeah. making, they're just imagining what your, what your dog might actually say if it were saying something. It's Same probably true. Doing. It's probably true. But I like that you have, I like that you have boundaries. You don't want the dog to have a voice. That's cool. <laughs> well, listeners, what a wide ranging podcast we've had on a gospel view of pet ownership and also uh, nicknames for our dogs and various things like that. Hope you've enjoyed listening. If you own a fish or a turtle or a, you know, some other pet, sorry that we haven't included stories about those animals in this podcast because we're just all dog people. But I hope this helps you uh, think a little bit and actually reflect a little bit theologically about uh, about how a biblical worldview should, should influence how we both care for our pets and also have boundaries <laughs> appropriately. So you are not a dog mom or dog dad. That's what I want to go out of here with. You are a, you're a pet owner. And congratulations on being a pet owner. And if you want to call yourself a dog mom because you want to be in on the joke, it's cool. Just don't get too serious about it. The goal of this podcast is to equip our own church for discipleship and mission. So if you're a Christian or a church leader in another context, we thank you for listening in and we pray that this conversation might be helpful to you as you minister in your context. We always love to hear from listeners. So if you have thoughts, questions, or future podcast topics, send an email to podcast at cdomaha.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next Wednesday for another episode of the Wednesday Conversation.